All right, so we are officially live. <laughs> I guess we'll we'll give people a few minutes just to just to start coming in, but so offline we were we were catching up, just seeing what's good in life. Are you officially moved? No. Um or yes. It's complicated. It's complicated. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> well, he making me be real unfiltered right now. Um, I'm Ooh. I'm officially moved to SoCal. Yeah, it's it's official. I'm down here um, and living in between like LA and San Diego, which is kind of fire. So it's so I'm like yes and no ish. <laughs> the only reason is because I saw you post a picture in the office, which looked fire, yeah, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And I was like, oh was shit. It was dope. Um, let me tell you, I worked for tech and like small business. And I feel like every time I walk into an office, it feels very much like corporate like tech, like <laughs> tech heavy. I think this is the first office I walked into that felt like entertainment almost. I was, oh. I really felt like I was like working in LA. I'm like, oh, this is what people are talking about when they like work in LA. It's, it's very much that vibe. So Were the, it was, cool. was it the people giving off like entertainment vibes or just like, like what was it was it all the screens on the walls like i think so i think it was a mix of everything um you know it always feels like you're the new kid in class you walk in and you're like <laughs> oh i don't know anybody <laughs> and my team is global so i don't really know anybody in the office except for like a few people here and there um but luckily i had a friend in there and just we were walking around and i was just like yeah the screens like it was so TikTok. like it was videos everywhere people creators art graffiti on the walls like it was just so artsy and like entertainment and then i mean people people was dope i feel like i just talked to everybody and their moms so it was i was literally like inserting myself in conversations like hi i'm new here like oh, oh my god um, you're that you're that girl i am, I am. <laughs> in a tasteful way i don't just like insert myself but yeah <laughs> met, some, met the whole nike team shout out to them they're dope <laughs> very dope yeah i'm not gonna lie whenever i do these speaking engagements and i visit these offices i'm just like damn this shit kind of nice this right? shit kind of nice yeah right but you and i happen to go too. i happen to go during lunchtime too i gotta stop planning to visit any offices during lunchtime because i get so jealous and i'm just like like that's the part that lunch? makes me want to apply no oh not when i go i'm just like oh, i'm gonna go i'm they offer it but i'm just like oh, I'm, I'm gonna just go but it's just like being there and seeing all the amenities it's just like it brings yeah. back all the good stuff you know what i mean yeah but it's still i, I was telling my friend i'm like it's still corporate so <laughs> it's, it's dope it's still corporate but it's dope but how are you you're doing a workout schedule you you're on a whole vibe right now, waking up at four in the morning. I got a new workout schedule. Um, yeah, I woke up at four in the morning today. It's probably the second time this week so far. Yesterday, I had to take a day off, but uh, I'm loving it because even if I do take a nap after this, I still got the rest of the day and yeah. I don't yeah. feel guilty. Like for me, that's the hardest part of the day. If I can get that out the way, I'm just like, I can send a few emails like that's none. Yeah, hella productive part of the mental health yes and <laughs> speaking of mental health this is national mental health awareness month which is dope for a bunch of different reasons one because it's something that often comes up 
in, in our conversations on our podcast. But I think both of us have, you know, whether we talk about the gym or whether we talk about some other things, I feel like we've been like testing a lot of new things lately. You and I, not together necessarily, but like on our own paths. And I thought it was worth sharing because I think it'll inspire a lot of other people to be like, oh, shit, I never thought of doing that in my own life. Yeah, 100 percent. I want before I like tell you about this new meditation I tried this morning, just in preparation for this episode, I um, I want to give you a shout out because you're building something that's really, really dope. And I think you put it out there here and there, but you're building a wellness app for, I mean, just like all these elements and like, yo, Pavel is being so intentional about how he's doing this and talking to people, doing research and really making this a community-based wellness app where it's centered. It, it feels like it's like created by you, but thinking about so many other people. And it's just really, I just want to give you a shout out because I think we need more of that. We need more people, Latinos, Black Latinos that are creating this platform and creating this type of content and community. So shout out to the work you're doing, Pavel. You out Thank here. you. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, and we could talk about it a little bit later as well, kind of like what I'm thinking. But it should be ready for people to start user testing uh, by the end of June is, is the plan. So That's I'm going to I'm going to start tap. I'm going to start tapping some of y'all in to be like, yo, I love this. I don't love that. And just keep it real with me. You know what I mean? Because I'm really building this for all of us. You feel me? Um, and hopefully it'll fill some gaps that you're not seeing in some of the apps and wellness things that you're already using. But uh, yeah, it's going to be dope. So dope. So dope. I have to tell you. So this morning, um, as we think about just like mental health and how I feel like the idea I had of mental health when I was younger was like, Para los locos, like I honestly felt that like if I wasn't crazy, like I don't need therapy. I don't need to do any mental health stuff like that's just for like looking at Tanira hospital, starting like, you know, you know, you see it in novelas too. But anyways, that's like what my idea was. And now it's so funny because I'm so I'm so open to these different ideas of how to preserve our mental health, nourish it, etc. So I tried one this morning and I have to tell you, it was like a really interesting meditation that I never thought I would try, but it was inspired by Alicia Keys. She does this meditation where she's TMI, where she's naked and she sees herself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and she meditates and stares at herself for about, I think, a minute and a half. And the goal with the meditation is to look at yourself and not and like you're gonna start like criticizing your body like oh i'm a little you know bloated here i'm a little here you know you start criticizing these different parts of you and the goal of the meditation by the end of it is to only say good things about your body and to love your body so you're almost going through this journey of like self-criticism and then you end with like these affirmations and like wow i'm beautiful and like you know and it was a very i tried it for the first time this morning and it was like so uncomfortable and i was like I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I almost started laughing at the beginning. Like, this is so weird. (laughs) And then I, like, just kind of did it because I think it's, especially as women, we criticize our bodies so much. Like, and I think everyone, men and women, but I think from Mm -hmm. just, like, a woman's standpoint, 
our bodies are over-sexualized and like sometimes seen as objects. And so to see yourself and to see yourself in a very pure, beautiful way, it was like really, it was really dope. I can't imagine how it'll change the way I look at my body if I do this more consistently, but it was fire. That is so dope. And so you knew going into it that you were going to say negative things about yourself? Like, is that, uh, like, when you found out about Alicia Keys doing yeah. it, is that what she said? Like, everyone yeah. that I've told about this, they all start with the negative thoughts? She didn't say that necessarily. She was more so talking about herself. Like, she starts, mm. and, like, it's always self-criticism. And, you know, it's I didn't really go into it having any type of expectation. More of, like, it's going to be weird, but I want to try it. And I, I think it was... It was a mix of criticism, but it was more almost like shame in a way. Like I was leaning in the mirror and I was like, this doesn't feel like I should be doing this. It feels weird. Like, and then I just started laughing because I laugh and I'm uncomfortable. But, you know, I just, yeah, I w it was just kind of a weird meditation that was very powerful and recommend everybody to do it, to love on themselves. I love that. I'm going to try it. And I kind of want to like... Okay record myself from like the shoulder up just to get my facial reactions like yo, I'm oh really yeah this right now. oh yeah <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah you should you totally should i think it's a it's it's just a dope but that's what i'm saying like we, you don't think of meditation in that way you think of meditation mm -mm. as like you sitting down going as mano hasi and then you're just like meditating but like this was such a different form of meditation that was just so intentional and powerful it's it's crazy meditation such a fascinating topic um because it's funny like for the app i've done a lot of research and asked people like what are some of the apps that people use and you know calm headspace all these sort of things come up and it's typically around um meditation right and i ask people like do you even like to meditate and a lot of people like most people say no and i was like well why do you do it then they were like i think it's good for me like i don't really know and the other thing that people say is like i don't really know what i'm working towards right like if you work out there's an idea that you'll get stronger there's an idea that maybe you'll lose weight you'll put on muscle there's like a visual thing that you can see but with meditating oftentimes people since a lot of it is internally right what we think about mm -hmm. ourselves we often don't see the result until we're put in a situation that's uncomfortable and now we know how to deal with it yeah you know what i mean like yeah. next time you're uncomfortable yeah. about how you look at your body now you can you have the positive thoughts that you can go back to but it's almost like not tangible like you can't look at your thoughts yeah. and be like it's working you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's um it's funny because when I think of meditation, I, I relate it back to prayer a lot of the time. Like I there's um, just to keep it real, like in my in my family, when I there was a point in my life where I was really depressed and I, I didn't really know what that word meant. But I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't feel good. I was really young. Um, and this was post a very traumatic life moment, right? The homelessness thing happened. I was like, I don't know how to handle this. Like it was a lot. And I talked to my family and I was like, I really feel like I'm depressed. Like, I don't know what that means, but I just like feel it. And their first response was, you should go to church and pray. 
Now I don't blame them because that's what they had. Those are the tools that they were given, right? And so um, I think for me, I would I would really like listen to them and go into prayer and I would have that one-on-one time with a higher power. And I think meditation is that same energy of like, you don't know what's out there. You don't even know if anybody's listening to you. You don't really know what the universe has planned or anything like that, but you are just in this present moment thinking about this one thing and like almost like focusing on you. Um, And so I look at meditation and manifestation a lot like how I grew up with that prayer and conversations with God, right? When I was younger and I've just slowly transformed that into meditation and into, yeah, into manifestation. I love that. It's very similar to the way that I think about journaling. Like for me, similar to prayer, it's like, we all we all have these thoughts in our head good bad at some level like we just need to get them out of our head out of our body and oftentimes in prayer we're like passing it on to a higher power god you know whoever you you may believe in with the intention that like someone is listening but in reality like you're you're letting go of all these thoughts right even in the the manifestations like you have the dreams and you're like speaking it out into the universe And like, that's kind of what I do for journaling. Like, I know people that collect journals, like they'll write ever since they were teenagers and they got like a stack of journals that they keep you right. Like, and people go back and reread them. Like after, like if it's taking up too much space on my iPad, like I'll delete them. I won't even go back and read them. I just want to get the thoughts out of my head. And that's, that's my only goal for journaling. Wow. I don't. Yeah, I've never gone back and read any of my journals because that's how. What are you doing with them then? I just. (laughs) Why are you collecting? I'm thinking about because I think it's really special. I don't know. You know what I think about? You're gonna laugh at me. (laughs) I think. I love the. I I think it's really special. It is no, but you're gonna laugh because I started collecting them because I am such a hopeless romantic. But I'm like. Oh, in the future, if like my great grandkids are like, oh, I want to learn about, you know, my great grandma and they find a journal and they read it, they can like read these different moments in my life and read about just how I saw the world. So I keep it more as like a, I don't know, like a token of like history for like my generations. So I love that. You know, it's funny. My, yo, I forgot. I forgot. I was talking to somebody and we were just talking about like being a parent and i think like she had a teenager and it, there's this moment where like we forget that our parents were like young and probably a thought and doing whatever just yeah. living life right and mm-hmm. her daughter was like what you think the only you think you're the only one that like fell in love at 16 or some shit like that and she <laughs> took out her journal and she she went to oh, the wow. part in her journal when she was 16 and falling in love with like a young you know kid and she was like look read what your mom used to do and that moment the daughter was like oh shit my mom was about it back in the day like oh shit mm-hmm. and like she got to know her mom in that way because because almost like we don't believe our family like did the things that we're doing they're like oh they don't oh understand God. blah 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 but they had a life yeah yeah and it's not always credible i always tell my parents that i'm like i'm sure like that happened (laughs) like but it's funny this this is kind of not related but i have to tell you the story of like not 
being credible in your family. But my dad always talked about he was like un gran futbolista. He was like the best of the best in soccer and Honduras. Right. Everyone knew him. And I was like, sure. Right. <laughs> but he said it my whole life. All of my 26 years of life, he has told me he's the best soccer player and everyone in Honduras knows him. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went to Miami recently. I saw his brothers, all my deals, and they were talking about it. They were like, oh, my God, Chalo, my dad. They're like, Chalo was like the best like soccer player. Everyone in Honduras loved him. And like same story. I'm like, did he pay you guys to say this or is it yeah. real? <laughs> he sent the Zell no, ahead of time. Right. Yeah, right. He's like, so here's so you got to tell my daughter. But um, no, it's it's really I think that's a big part of my healing and mental health journey as well is just like being around family and seeing them mm-hmm. as almost humans. Like to your point of yeah. your friends showing this journal, like, oh, you think you don't think your mom was about it either? Like it's it's that same idea of seeing your parents as humans versus these superheroes or people on a pedestal like really leaning into their stories and their sacrifices and their love lives and their their ups and their downs like just learning about their life just makes you feel like you don't have to be perfect at least for me i i'm a perfectionist i have a lot of anxiety about being perfect Mm -hmm. and being able to see my parents and like almost see that they made their mistakes too i'm like oh okay Mm -hmm. I don't got to do it all. I don't got to be perfect at yeah. everything because we're just humans out here. Oh, my God. Now you're making me want to, like, not delete anything. Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious for you when you journal. Like, I think one of the most intimidating things is for a lot of people is just getting started with journaling is just a lot of people say, like, I don't know where to start, what to write about. Like, what's your starting point? Like, how do you even know what to write about if you do? Um, I have to tell you, I recently started doing your prompts that you told me about. Like, how am I feeling? How do I want to feel? So shout out to Pavel. Um, hey. And that's that's a dope prompt. So highly recommend. Um, you know, journaling is the one place I feel like I'm not judged. And I think I sit down with the intention of, I'm going to put all this on paper. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody. It's just me almost like word vomiting and like letting all of it go. And then what I do, I don't read back my journals, but I read, I read what I write back to myself. And then I almost look at it as, okay, what's actually real here? Like, what am I actually feeling? Cause you know, you sometimes feel all these different things. You tell yourself all these different stories and then reading it back. It's almost like, okay, let me pull out what's real and let me pull out the lesson here or let me pull out, I don't know, I just feel like I'm able to process my feelings and emotions a lot. Yeah. A lot more, I don't know, in a different headspace. Um, It helps in relationships too. When I'm I'm mad in relationships, I'm like, (laughs) let me not be petty. Let me go journal (laughs) and let me (laughs) like get get this centered and then I can have a conversation. But... Um, Yo, I'm the same way. Romantic or family. Yeah, right? I, I like, can't. I, nice. I process alone. And I think in most relationships, friend, romantic, whatever, people do not like that. Because it's almost like I'm running away, but I'm just like, I can't process with people around. Like, I need to process. Like, just leave me alone with my iPad and I'll come back to you and I'll talk to you about how I'm feeling. And 
everything that just went down. But like you in front of me is so intimidating, distracting, anxiety inducing. Like I can't process with you here. Yeah. And don't you feel like you're a different person if you're processing out loud in the moment in front of that person versus yeah. post journaling? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm scared. Like you said, like if you're by yourself and you're just like word vomiting, I'm just word vomiting. I may throw out some words that may not even reflect exactly what I wanted to say, but I'm just throwing shit out there. Eventually, after you write this shit, like you said, and I do the same thing, actually. And this is what I like about my iPad is like, I, I wrote this shit in one color. Then I go back and highlight like, eh, no, nah, I'm not feeling like that. This is this is really how I'm thinking. Right. And then I can process and digest that and then have a productive conversation. But that's a. That's a, that, that's another challenge that I hear from a lot of people as well is like, well, a few things, right? They judge themselves in the word vomiting process. Like mm. a lot of people think like, oh, but my thoughts, they don't they don't make sense. They're just like they're all over the place. And people mm. often think like I need someone to make sense of it for me, which is why a lot of people go to therapy, get coaching yeah. and all of these kind of things. So. I just want to give you a kudos of that and say, like, you're ahead of the game. The fact that you can do that work on yourself and reflect and be like, no, this is what I'm really trying to say after doing that word vomit. Like, that's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I will say it's I'm not perfect at it. And like there are moments <laughs> that <laughs> where it comes out. Right. There are moments where I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Or like, well, that's not really what I meant to say. Um, and I really yeah. have to be intentional about journaling. And for me, like. I, you know, I'm, I self-criticize so much and it's just, it's something that I'm still consistently befriending do, and yeah. unlearning because <laughs> mm. I'm like, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily. If it's like too much, then that's where it becomes a little bit like, okay, we need to work on this. But yeah. I think I like, wish, I wish we can all hear what other people's inner critic sounds like. <laughs> what does yours sound like? I really want to know because I want to be like, damn, like how bad am I shitting on myself compared to everybody else? You know what I mean? Or are we all just shitting on ourselves just the same level? Like, Probably. I don't know. Probably. I want to know who has the meanest yeah. self-critic. You know, my, my inner critic sounds like my mom. She hates that I say that. But I'm like. Oh, you personify it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's my mother's voice. It's in Spanish, too. And she's scolding me every time. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't yeah. think of my inner critic as being someone else. That's interesting. Mm. I just hear my own yeah. voice. Really? Yeah, they're literally like, well, I'm literally like, yo, why are you going to build that shit? Like, there's already calm, there's already headspace. Like, yeah. go get a job. Like, I'm telling myself that shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean,. Yeah, my my inner critic, I think this this was probably intentional because when I was younger, I I had a life coach when I was like um, 21. I think I was 21, 22. I had a life coach. And I think she's the one that gave me the idea, like, try to befriend your inner critic and like give it a name or like give it like a like a person, like, you know, personify it. Um, and of course, I put my mom. She hates it. She's like, what again? <laughs> You told her? Um, I did tell her. As you know, <laughs> I shouldn't have told her, but <laughs> but I made it my mom's voice. Um, 
because I, it feels like my mom has always wanted the best for me, but it always came out as criticism. But there was mm. always this level of like warmth to her voice. So I think like I was trying to be intentional with like, it's not a scary voice. It's not a voice I want to run away from. It's a voice that I want to like have around, but it's not a voice I should listen to all the time. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's a weird psychological thing. But yeah, it's been my mom for the last few years. <laughs> well, that's an interesting dynamic, too, of there's like critique yet warmth and maybe, I don't know, comfort in like hearing your mom's voice as well. Like there's so many. Yeah emotions wrapped up into it one of the one of the things so i haven't necessarily personified it or thought about it in that way but one of the things that i recently started doing is saying the critiques out loud and when i say it sometimes i hear how ridiculous it sounds or yeah i'm just like yeah that's the only way that i can put it like i say it out loud and i'm just like why would you build that? Why would you do that? And then in my head, for whatever reason, just comes in the reminders of why I would do that. Now, it takes a little bit of time sometimes to bring that out. But I think saying some of those out loud, most people would advise not to. But for whatever reason, it just works for me. Yeah. And do you because you're also doing a different type of journaling. Is there a difference when it's voice out loud like how does that how does that just shift for you i try to so for most of my life when i have been journaling i usually write things out Mm -hmm. whatever it is in my head so some of those are doubt some of those are positive but i try to write all of it down just to capture everything but as of recently i started doing kind of like voice recording so i just put like a wireless mic attach it to my my shirt I would go on the roof of my building. I even did it one day with a GoPro. I put it like far away just to see myself like walking back and forth and like literally just talking to myself. And it was just like a live podcast slash journal entry, but I'm literally just like talking to myself. And the whole time I'm praying, I'm like, please no one come on the roof. Please no one come on the roof because I look crazy right now. They probably think I'm about to like jump or some shit. Um... But it, it was a dope experience. I, I was thinking about publishing it, too, just to let people know that their thoughts. My thoughts are all over the place, too. Like, there was a point in yeah. time where, like, I'm just, like, literally silent for, like, five minutes, not saying anything. And then I come back or I go on a tangent and then I come back to the point and all those kind of things. I just want people to feel like they're not alone in that mess that is yeah. getting your thoughts out. I want to draw the connection between you being a podcast host and doing these conversations like every day and you finding this new way of journaling and processing out loud. Like, I think it's it's interesting for me to hear. I mean, as a host myself, but I also listen to a lot of podcasts and there's a lot of podcasts that are really healing for me just listening to the conversation. And even when I'm talking out loud, whether it's in this space hello latina hello first gen like i feel like i'm healing just by talking about these different stories and topics so it's i'm like drawing the connection in my head because i think it's just powerful your words are powerful and to voice it it almost makes it real and then you're like oh wait hold up 
that's not how I feel. Or like, oh wait, hold up, this is why I'm doing X Y Z. Or I'm beautiful. Yeah. I'm I'm smart. You know, you just start like changing that narrative out loud. So the other thing that I that it is powerful, and the other thing that I notice is that because I'm recording it, I'm timing each time, right? So oh. there becomes a point in my journal entry. I, like if I do this for like an entire year, I'm going to be able to get an average time because on every journal time, just like your Alicia Keys thing, like I start negative. I start like it's fucking early. It's 4 a.m. Why the fuck am I awake? What am I doing? <laughs> I should be all these things. Right. And there becomes a point where my mind shifts from like negative to like, I got this. And I don't know if it's like 18 yeah. minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. And it's not like, it's just like the more that I talk about things out loud, I just hit this moment where I'm just like, I'm the king of the world. I could do anything. And I, I feel like there's a time that we all hit and maybe it's some sort of average, but it's powerful when that shit happens. Like that's, that's like one of the reasons I want to post it. I want people to see this like mess of shit in the beginning. And, <laughs> I, and then within like 15 minutes, I'm like. I make sense. I know what I want to do. Yeah. Ooh, do you, you have that too? Totally like you realize it. you should totally like publish you, it. Yeah. Like you realize at one at one point you're just like, okay, after journaling for like five minutes or whatever it is, I feel like I'm making sense of myself. It feels like yes, and it feels almost like um like I'm like my inner critic is just like speaking and then I'm just like, okay, I hear you, but I got this. I think journaling does that for me. Like it helps me like hear the inner critic instead of shaming it and saying like, I shouldn't feel this way or I shouldn't like pay attention to the inner critic. Cause I do think the inner critic is there for a reason. It serves a purpose to protect you, to help you. I mean, the intention is good, but I think like when we let those thoughts overwhelm us or take over or take the reins, that's where, we can get halted, right? Or we, is that the right word? We can get like stumped, whatever the right word is for that. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I journal because I want to hear the inner critic. I want to like hear what's going on inside because there was for me a lot of shame with being criticized. And it comes, it goes, it goes way back. Like being the youngest, the one that was born here, the one that had opportunities, the one that was, there was a lot of expectations on me. And I felt like there was zero margin of error. And that really got to me and it trickled into my adult life and trickled into all my relationships, the way I do things, even being an employee, like it trickled into all of that. And I always felt like I had no time to listen to the inner critic because I had to do it right. I had to be perfect. I had to be the best. I had to like keep telling myself I'm the dopest and I'm the best and I'm just going to eventually fake it till I make it. And so journaling helped me solve that relationship of like, it's okay to not be perfect. Like I'm reminded every single time I journal, your girl ain't perfect. Yeah. And she's still dope. She's still fire. She's still creating dope content. She's still creating dope work internally. So it's almost helping me here. And so it is negative, I think, at the beginning. I think it's more, not negative, sorry, it's more confusion at the beginning. I'm yeah, like, yeah, how yeah, do yeah. I make sense It feels of all like of it? a mess. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's like art, though, right? It's like you start with it is. like blank canvas, you're throwing hella shit on it, and then like, 
Yes. Then you start to see the art and you start to see the message and you start to like really take it in. But it's 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 really confusion when I first start. I don't know what the hell I'm going to write about and what it's going to turn into or how to even write about my feelings because they're all over the place. But right. I just I just start writing. Interesting. See, like, yeah, I mean, so it's true. Like a lot of a lot of people um, do feel like that. I think one of the challenging things is just like as we talk about a lot of these topics like mental health and emotional intelligence and we provide platforms for other people to share their experience i don't know if it's something about my face or if it's like the platforms that we <laughs> built but i feel like a lot of people come to me and just like i don't know if trauma dump is the right word but or the right phrase but even outside of recording an episode like i just get dms and messages and a a, a, a not a cry for help but an ask for help and i'm just like yeah. I'm not even the per like I, I don't even know if I can help you with some of these things like do you get a lot of like maybe unsolicited is the right word messages yeah, around these sort of the topics time. yeah really um, and okay it happens, so it's not just it my face okay everywhere no <laughs> you got a face okay. you got a face I just want to tell you I was like I don't know if I just have that uh, inviting yeah you know what I mean like we're just welcoming but it's special I think that's what makes us a special host you know oh did i freeze am i back no i'm back i'm back oh, okay um i think it's um i think it's a gift if anything i think it's a gift that we have that aura and space to have people come to us and trust us with what they're what they're wanting to share um i always feel like I tend to put that hat on and it happens even in my friend group. Like we are talking randomly about like the role that we play in our friendships. Cause you know, we all play like a role in the friend group and we were talking about everyone and they're like, Oh, you're like the therapist of the friend group. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I think the thing for me though, that I have to remember anytime there is like, I don't know what the right phrase is either trauma dumping. Um, mm -hmm. we can call it that for now. But when that does happen, it makes me feel like I have to have it together. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like it feels like they're trusting me with this. That I can't, I can't go through the same things because they're trusting me. Therefore I need to be strong and have it together. And right. it, that's where it makes me feel like I can't always share my wounds. I have to share my scars in terms of like Ooh. situations that happen to me. Like I can't, I have to share it after the fact when I'm healing and I'm done with it. And I'm like, now I could talk about it versus y'all I'm going through X, Y, Z. And like, this is what, this is my current chapter, my current season. Like I always feel like I can't always yeah. get there, you know? Well also too, I mean, like, like Shafiq said, you, you build a, a community for these open discussions, which we both do and we're also not therapists though right like we don't necessarily have i mean yes we've gained a bunch of knowledge around a lot of different subjects and just talking to people but maybe sometimes we don't necessarily have the tools to be able to heal some of these wounds for other people right so yeah. people may see us as potential healers or certain ways but i don't know like i i struggle not only with being perfect for people but also 
being the one like feeling the pressure to then provide the solution for someone as well um, whereas like maybe yeah. that that's not my expertise but maybe they're not looking for a solution they're looking to be heard that's very true that's mm-hmm. very true and i think um not to and that is powerful too all yeah. men but i think men have that uh oh that part no 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 it's it's not a bad <laughs> thing i think when we're in our masculine energy we want to solve we want to fix we want to like handle yeah. it you know what i mean and i think um and tapping into the feminine energy and i don't know if it's necessarily masculine or feminine but i think this happens in a lot of men like they just want to fix it like in relationships how often has a woman said like blah 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 i'm going through this and they're like hey well how can i fix it (laughs) or like what can i do to like make it better whereas like the woman most times wants to be heard and seen and i think um sometimes people when they share these different things with me i remember like it's not my role to be the therapist or to solve the problem but i can provide a space and hold space for what they're going through even though i can't help and i I say that often i'm like listen i don't have a magic wand to help to help your situation i i can't i don't know all the solutions but what i can do is just provide this space and i think that's enough sometimes yeah and what i often tell people is that they're not alone because i think that's also powerful too it's like not only do i want to be heard but like sometimes we just want to know that we're not crazy and one way Mm -hmm. to do that is like letting people know that there's other people experiencing some of these things which is exactly why we created the platform and a lot of this conversation too is like why i want to build a platform where we can get sort of these skills to manage some of these things on our own but i also want to connect us to those professionals that could help us take it to the next step as well um and it's interesting that we're talking about mental health and we're talking about emotional intelligence and a subject that often comes up for us is like in the workplace like how do you think mental health and emotional intelligence has i don't know has has worked itself into the workplace for you and I'll, i'll share a quick story for me like I remember during the pandemic, everybody was oozing with empathy. Everybody was like, oh, you, you need to go for a walk and like cancel this meeting. Go for it. Go for it. Oh, you need to like take time. Oh, go for it. You don't want to come into the office. Oh, it's okay. And like slowly towards the, you know, let's just say a year after the pandemic, that shit was gone. And I thought that they, like a lot of these sort of like, I don't know empathy this caring and all these things would would like kind of stay but i feel like it just kind of went back to status quo like Mm. what are some of the things that you've been experiencing like did you also see that did you also experience that during the pandemic and like post-pandemic yes um i feel like um man what you said is so real i feel like there was a (laughs) there was a pandemic and then there was a post-pandemic energy around wellness and mental health that's the word i was thinking yeah yeah like it's it's a really man what an interesting time that we've lived through but i think um i think you talk about this like often about how managers need to have that emotional intelligence that's what sets them apart as managers as leaders and i feel i've always looked for leaders that prioritize that and even though a company may say like we're all about mental health and we're all about wellness like 
that needs to trickle down into the manager. The manager needs to create that space and environment for you to feel like you can prioritize your mental health. And I will say during the pandemic, I feel like I had a different situation because I was an entrepreneur during the end of the pandemic. So I was like not working and I was like, I'm prioritizing me 24 seven, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then I worked in, in tech and worked at LinkedIn and I will say, and I see Brian is on here. There was people that were consistently around me that made me feel safe enough to take that time for myself. And, and again, people like Brian Spence, shout out, you made it safe for me to feel like that. Um, and I will say that even now in my role, my manager is like, so about like what his tagline with me is, you know, sufro, like don't suffer for these spaces. <laughs> like don't suffer for these spaces. Like you got to prioritize you and remember that you have a life outside of this. Um, and so I think it needs to trickle down from the leaders because some leaders may not care about wellness as much. So I don't know. For me, it's exactly yeah. what you say. It's exactly what you said. It's, it needs to come from emotional intelligence and that starts with the leaders. So, I mean, so there's four components of emotional intelligence. There's self-awareness, there's social awareness, em empathy, um, there's self-management and then there's a relationship management. So when you think about mm. managers, like what comes to mind when you, when you hear those like four components, is, it, is there something there? I can, you know, I'm with, a big you know. believer. Oh, go for it. Go for it. You start. Um, I, I think, I, I think, um, social awareness is, is really big. And I think it's some of the things that, that you're describing, but like, for for me, empathy is really difficult to get, right? Like, and there's two sides to it, right? Like, I remember one manager, he was really trying to understand my experience. And he told me straight up, he was like, listen, I'm never going to understand what it's like to be a black man in tech, a Latino man in tech. Like, I'm never going to understand that specific experience. And at that moment, I also understood that I had a role in his empathy building because the whole time like listen he could read all these sort of things right but i think i could have done a better job of making my experience relatable so that he understood it and what i learned is that i needed to communicate feelings and emotions versus like labeling it through the lens of being a black man in tech right so because on some level everyone has felt unheard at some point in their career they've felt isolated they felt unsafe like he's not gonna understand what it's like to be a black man but he's gonna understand what it's like to like potentially not have your voice heard and i feel like changing the lens of what of like how i communicated my situation made it forced him to be empathetic because everyone understands emotions Ooh, well do they everyone understands nah. emotions? <laughs> well not everybody <laughs> but you know. oh, no. <laughs> but it's that's so that's such a beautiful thing that you just said like i know i knew i had a role in his empathy building that's wow how did you feel about that like how did you feel about taking on that responsibility it felt i finally felt equipped for the first time mm -hmm. like 
I never felt equipped to have those conversations because I'm just like, yo, he's never going to understand. Like, they're never going to understand. And I'm not saying they did completely, but they understood it a little bit more. Um, Again, because those like those feelings and emotions are relatable and not all not always have are they going to understand like feeling unsafe at work right because they've never been through that experience but it's a little bit more relatable because I, I think when people hear like race and ethnicity and culture there's automatically like a disconnect you know what yeah. i mean mm-hmm. yeah even um funny enough even those conversations i feel like have slowly ended around mm. diversity inclusion and creating space and which I kind of had a feeling it was going to happen um, from pandemic to now. But even even me, like, I feel like those conversations have slowly ended with the wellness conversations. But to your point about managers, I see the workplace almost like generational trauma. I'm not going to lie. Like mm-hmm. managers for me, someone told me this and I'll always remember it. They're like, whether you get a manager that has a manager title, it does not mean you're going to get a real manager just means you're getting Mm. someone with that title yeah and i've definitely had that experience where i had someone that was not self-aware and i saw the way it affected their leadership and i think i started to connect the dots between my own mental health journey of going to therapy and learning about these like just learning self-awareness i think it's just powerful and to see and, someone and how, else. How do you learn that? Like, how? what do you mean when you when you say those, like learning self-awareness? Keeping it real with yourself. Like, keeping it like real Like, we said with, journaling. Like, you, yeah. We said journaling. Like, that's one way. But are there any other ways that there, people take personality tests, for example? That's me. Like, what are some yeah. things that, uh, you know, the horoscope, Mercury is in reggaeton, whatever. But, like, <laughs> what, what are the things? Like, how do you become self-aware? Wait, hold up. Do you know who um, Ian Lara is, the comedian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had this funny video on Instagram that was like, don't you think Mercury is always in retrograde? Like, when is it chilling? Always. Always. <laughs> I'm like, that's real. Um, I, I honestly tap into it all. I love <laughs> personality tests. I love um, faith as a, as a part of my life. It's a big part of my life. Um, I The spiritual stuff, like learning about astrology and human design. And like, I love, I love all of it. That helps me learn more about myself. Therapy. I honestly feel like. So what, what personality tests were like, okay. So astrology, that's something that a lot of people. Okay. So I'm trying to give people. really interested. He's like, hold up. (laughs) I'm trying to give people gems. Like, all right, yo, if you want to get to know yourself, start journaling. There's horoscopes and astrology. What personality test did you take where you were just like, yo, because I know oh, mine for, so for me, for me, like I mean, every, for me, when I took, from, when I took attachment style you. one, I was like, oh, yo, yeah. mm-hmm. we talked about that, didn't we? Like, I was like, I'm hyper independent, but I'm also like anxious as fuck. <laughs> anxious, avoidant. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. 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 One of those. Um, but yeah, all of it, like, honestly, even down to like love languages i know that's always seen in relationships but in the workplace like if you want to appreciate me show me some love in this way you know like i think everyone some people are like oh i don't need appreciation for the work that i do like this is work i need appreciation i need words of affirmation i'm like am i doing okay like do you like what i'm producing am i not doing a good job like i need words of affirmation um and i think i mean man i've done everything 
Strengths Finder was okay. That's a basic one. Um, I did Enneagrams. Have you heard of it? No. What's that? It's like um, you get a number. There's like a number one, a number two personality, and all of them are different. I have the book somewhere. But like it's one through eight, and it's all different personalities. So like number one is perfectionist. Number two is like yeah helper. Number mm-hmm. three is like, I don't know. There, there's so many different types. I'm a number two. I'm the helper always. Um, and so like I've done so many um, human design is one I recently did. And that one's a little interesting. I don't know if anybody who's on here has heard of it. It's a mix of astrology, chakras, um, Eastern like medicine, like Reiki. I don't know if y'all have heard of it. Um, it's a lot of those like Eastern beliefs, which I'm a really big fan of. I'm like, if you think about Western medicine, it's very new compared to Eastern medicine. I love the, I love the marriage of both. Cause I'm like, we still need our doctors, but like, I really believe in just this Eastern culture has been around for a long time. There's yeah. a lot of valid work that they've done over the years. Um, and so I recently did that one and that one was, oof, let me tell you, Pavel, it read me like a book. And I, one of the things that I pulled out of there that has helped me, I think, and I brought it to therapy, actually. I was like, can you help me like make sense of yeah. this? Yeah. Um, but there was a part in there where it talked about how I felt like I had to earn love, had to earn appreciation because I didn't feel like I really deserved it. I had to show almost like my resume, like, Mira, I've done all of these things. And it happens in the workplace. It happens in relationships. It happens in friendships. Like I have to prove myself as someone that's worthy of love and appreciation. And it takes away, it literally said it in there, I take away the ability to just be loved for me, from myself. And so I go into therapy and I'm like, Debbie, this shit fucked me up. Like, I need you. Yeah. I need you. <laughs> and we, we those are the most the power- therapy session. Those are the most powerful tests where it doesn't feel superficial, but you're just like, yo, they know me. Like, they read me like a book, like you said. Oh, yeah. They read me to filth, by Like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not ready for all this. <laughs> yeah. Um, during my last relationship, I took the attachment style test. And long story short, I learned that I get most of my fulfillment from individual accomplishments. Like, mm. and it's hard for, especially like in a romantic relationship, for someone to hear like, it's not that you don't bring me joy. It just doesn't trump. It just doesn't go above me closing a deal for plural. You know what I mean? Like me launching the app. Like your anniversary was popping, but we just launched the app. Like that. That's up here. You feel me? Like, like that is always gonna win. And I never knew. It's sometimes. It's also like going back to like we just want to know we're not crazy. Sometimes we don't even know how to communicate some of these things, and that was the validation. And the language that I needed to be like, look, 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 this is what I've been trying to tell you this whole time. It's not that, again, the anniversary wasn't popping. It's that the app just launched. Yeah. How has that? Oh, my God. Because this reminds me of just having language around some of these things. Like, yes. And like, to your point, like you feel crazy before. 
Shout out to you, Maria. Um, but you feel crazy before. Like, did you feel shame about it in previous relationships? Because I'm sure it was always the case. Like, you always had this feeling, but you couldn't yeah. say it. And like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, there, there was often a, I felt like a tug of war between, like, for my time. So for me, for example, quality time is one of my love languages. Not quantity, to be fair, but quality, right? Like for yeah. me, I value my time because I want to achieve all these individual accomplishments, right? If I let go of my time to stop trying to achieve these individual accomplishments and I give it to someone else, that's me showing my love. Now, that doesn't mean I want to spend all my time with you, right? So there was always this pushback of like, you don't spend enough time with me. And I can't say it's because I want to work, but now I could say this is my attachment style, right? And like the context that that goes along with that. Yeah, but in that attachment style, it didn't just say that, it gave the context of like, you find stability and security in these, these, this thing. Like, Mm -hmm. this is why you have that. This is the trauma you probably went through because, and that's what that, you know what I mean? It's not just having the attachment style, it's the backstory as well as far as like why you have that. So yeah, and that, that provides me with the language to have that conversation. Instead of just being like, I can't hang out because I have to work. No, there's more behind that. Listen, I'm a big believer in these love languages can trickle into relationships, the workplace, but it also is your relationship with yourself. Like for me, when I look at my love languages, that's the way I need to love myself. Like I need to spend quality time. That's my number one too. I need to spend quality time with myself to really feel loved and to then love you. You know what I mean? And like words of affirmation, I self-criticize so much. So like, how do I flip that and like start to give myself more affirmative words? So I'm a big believer in like your love languages is a relationship to self first and then to the rest of it, to your family, to your friends, to your romantic relationships, et cetera. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. I love and spending quality time with myself. Yeah, right? You're like, it's popping makes, over here. It's popping over here. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. That's probably why you love spending so much quality time with yourself. Like, And it's also in a weird way, and I want to ask you about this. It's almost sometimes what you didn't have growing up is what your yeah. love languages are, right? Like, yeah. Which is funny because when I talk about my love languages, they're like, well, quality time, you had like so many people around the house. But I'm like, oh, that was like, to your point, that was quantity time. Like, (laughs) (laughs) not quality. Way too much time with everybody, not enough time with myself, you know? And so Mm -hmm. having those quality moments, we didn't really have it because there were so many of us. We were always doing our own thing. We were just under the same roof. So I'm like, I need that quality time where I'm like intentional about what we're doing together oh that that's fascinating okay well we only have a few minutes left so audience if you have any questions feel free to drop them in uh i'm thinking like what do you want to leave the audience with if it's like one thing to get to know themselves if it's a challenge if it's a brindis what like whatever it is i'll follow what you got i Oh, no pressure. Um, no pressure. At all. <laughs> I think the, the main takeaway is that mental health and the way that we think about mental health can look so many different types of ways. 
It can look like prayer. It can look like going to church. It can look like going to the gym. It can look like going on a hike. It can look like sitting on your butt and like doing the whole little meditation look. It can look so many different types of ways. And I think at the end of it all, it's a relationship with yourself. What makes you feel comfortable? Is it journaling? Is it going into a voice memo or putting a GoPro, like going to the rooftop, like whatever that journey looks like for you, it's the right one. And there's no right way to do this mental health journey. It's um, so many ebbs and flows and differences. And I just, my challenge for everyone is just to do one thing every day that's with yourself or that gets to know yourself, whether it's a personality test, taking yourself on a me date, spending sometimes just sitting in front of the mirror, looking at yourself and meditating, <laughs> like whatever that looks like, do one thing every day. That's just time with yourself. I agree. If I could take one thing out of this conversation is that everyone's journey is so different. And I bet you if you if you know, you didn't know us, you just heard about some of the things we did, for example, you know, sitting in front of a mirror, butt ass naked and just like (laughs) talking to yourself like a lot of people would be like, huh? At the same time, like, have you tried it? You know what I mean? Like me with a wireless mic on my roof with a GoPro, like just recording myself, talking myself for like 30 minutes. People be like, what the hell is he doing? Yet it's so powerful for me to get all of my thoughts out. And it's the best start of my day that I could have dreamed of. So like whatever it is that you think would be helpful, like try it. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work. Best case scenario, it's life changing what do you have to lose that part so my challenge second challenge for everyone is to look in themselves in the mirror (laughs) naked and do a one and a half minute meditation where you're just loving on your body and loving on yourself and listen listen to the the critiques here and there but make sure you change it to affirmative words at the end like jason i love it shout out to jason i do affirmations every morning in the mirror that's my love language to myself Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Thank you for this conversation. This was so, so dope. So fire. Word. Thanks all for tuning in and see you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye.